Hello and welcome to Dammit Vince. I am Ellis. My co-hosts here today are... Joe, hello. I'm Butcher, hello. Not that one. I'm back again. As you are now known. Make sure to follow us on our socials at Dammit Vince Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us at dammitvincepod at gmail.com. And this week, we've actually had a, uh, a voice message on Anchor, which you're also able to do. And that has uh, prompted our hot topic for the week. So we will listen to you if you uh, if you send us some messages. So this week, we will be doing the week that was. And then our hot topic is about the biggest pops, our favorite pop. This was suggested by someone in the community. And as a result, we'll be looking at CM Punk versus Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. I just so, rewatched so, that today. and week I... that was, Survivor Series. I forgot just how loud it is yeah. constantly all the way through it's it's yeah you forget because you i'm so used to not having crowds yeah yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I missed crowds that was my biggest thing this week i was just like oh i really do miss crowds i forgot what it was like yeah, yeah. watching, watching all, all the clips back for it yeah made me miss crowds well the survivor series fallout this week we had that on sunday night what did you guys make of the the show from what you watched it was all what? right the men's and women's survivor series part of it was kind of neither here nor there was it i mean i got it all wrong two or three we've predicted this is the worst i've done they'll never listening to heart again proved me right once but then lets me down it was fine i don't think it needs to be there anymore or if they're going to do it they need to build it up in a better way because what's next now table ladders and chairs isn't it yeah so for, so for the next month it's going to be people bringing ladders in to work isn't it yeah, i saw somebody suggest that that is uh, the whole reason for the Lana stuff over the last thingy weeks. It's going to build to TLC. She's going to have a tables match, isn't she? Now you just... Oh, God, I hope not. I mean, I have, I, have, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have some stuff I want to say about the whole the whole Lana thing, because after watching the, yeah. the Lana documentary, that I'm not sure whether or not it's it's, it's a work, but... What, which part? The whole documentary thing, like the whole part about her crying, about about being bullied and being like and stuff, because that's what's happening in, in real life. Well, in... in realize it in wrestling now and i'm not sure whether or not it's all to tie in but they don't use the chronicles things as promotional tools like that they are supposed to be real life like the whole five verse five thing made me feel very uncomfortable at times just because of the but i don't particularly like bullying i don't think anyone really does it's not a, it's not a brave sentence to make like i'm opposed to bullying but it was it wasn't just her team the other team joined in with it and it just felt a bit too close to reality which is a bit like the jeff hardy thing with the drink driving it just left me feeling a little bit cold it's just one of them things i'm glad she won and now hopefully there's going to be some sort of redemption revenge thing with, with her and oscar but yeah i i would say that the the chronicle wasn't wasn't a work as you say they normally aren't i know from having seen her on instagram and stuff before like over the last few months especially she's talked out about bullying online and that she was she wasn't going to be using instagram and, and twitter as much anymore she was going to be using a twitch and cameo and all that all that stuff because she said on oh no sorry tiktok so she was going to use tiktok more because on tiktok she wasn't getting the bullying it was just nice little community whereas whenever she posted anything no matter what it was she just got abuse and said it was affecting her mental health and then that came in the documentary so i don't i don't think that was a work at all no, i didn't think it was it was just that it felt very close together and this is the thing that i don't understand and, and like with it either is that we've sort of carved our little corner of the internet out where it's nice and positive and stuff and i don't see why you have to be negative to someone even if it's someone who you hate as a wrestler you've got to understand that they're a person as well and they have feelings and stuff and it's their job so it's like hating dot con off eastenders or an american person i can't think of <laughs> and it just it just sort of annoys me that the internet 
so horrible at times to people who don't deserve it. It's easier to be nice to people than it is to be horrible. And then you feel nice and they feel nice and everyone's happy. It's a bit hippie, I know, but it just, it really got to me. I don't know why. It just sort of triggered something in my brain where it's like, I don't like bullying storylines like this because it hits Mm. too close to home with her. Yeah, it was it was sad at the like the very start. She tweets out like they film her as she's tweeting out. I'm about I'm I'm the feature of the next chronicle. And like as she hits tweet, she just looks at the camera and goes, "We'll see how much abuse I get back now," or something like that. And I was like, "Wow, what a what a thing to think." Yeah, it's like, well, like why, why bother? First. And then somebody replies with a really positive, going, "Yeah, you deserve this." And she's like, "Oh, that makes me feel really good." And then the next one's like, "Oh, no one wants to watch this." <laughs> and she's just like. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. It was nice she won, but I think she could have won in a better way. Although Bianca Belair got a chance to shine as well, which I'm all about. Her and Sasha could be good. Uh, Butcher, what did you make of what you saw on Survivor Series? Um, I think my favourite match of the night was the tag match. I really enjoyed that. But I think my highlight of the whole night was uh, Kevin Owens headbutting Riddle's foot. Just really (laughs) made me laugh. I saw this on the on the dock, and I was like, "What? I, I missed this bit. This bit went over my head." He's like, I can't, "He's Riddle's on the ground, and uh, Owens, I think, stamping on him, and he's got his legs, yeah. and he just headbutts the sole of his foot, yeah. and it makes no sense whatsoever. It wouldn't. I can only imagine he was doing it just to uh-huh. get a reaction out of people, like because he thought it'd be funny. Because when, when he first tagged in as well, he was trying to stamp on Riddle's foot as well. But you would do. He's not wearing boots. Stamp yeah. on his feet." It's and it's like these little things. The little things I love about Ko is he does stuff like that. That <laughs> just tiny little, tiny little details that just are great. But yeah, other than it wasn't my favorite pay per view ever. I don't love, like we said. I don't love Survivor Series. It's it's hard work in it. The main matches. Well, and what doesn't make sense is then on Raw, they then go and award the team chances to win a title shot. So why didn't they put that in in the first in. place? Yeah, it would have made sense. Yeah. So the winning team all gets an opportunity at a title shot, and then you've got stakes. Yep. Yeah. Seemed like it was retroactively tacked on. Maybe they listened and were like, that's a good idea. Who knows, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll at least give him credit for that because they've never done that before. So mm. hopefully they realise, oh, maybe next year we should do that before. Oh, actual, also, yeah. are we not going to broach? Yes, Mac and Farts. <laughs> Mac and Farts. I was like, did he just... I have to rewind that bit. I was like, did he just go... Mac? I know he's supposedly been hit in the head. But... I was uh, scrolling through Twitter. It must have been for a good 30, 40 minutes just laughing at all the different posts about Drew Mac and Fart. Adam Pearce tweeted about it as well, didn't he? Which was, uh, I did, I did like, yeah, he, he put up some certificate or something and he changed a bit of it to Drew McInfart. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was a that was a funny one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was three good matches, uh, Sasha Oscar, Drew Roman and the tags. But I mean, I actually had Drew Roman as, as my match of the week and literally changed it this morning. And I'll come, come to what I changed it to later. But one of the reasons I changed it is because a lot of the Survivor Series stuff, they're great matches, but there's no story in it. And when I was looking and reading back and watching uh, Punk and Cena and what made it so great, it, it was a story. And I'm just like, I, w- I probably won't remember them next year, these matches. No. Because there was no stakes, there was no story. You know, Sasha Oscar was what you would expect. It was superb. The tag match surprised me, considering they were both faces and they, and they, they managed to do it without having a de facto heel team. Drew Roman, I had chose because I thought there's potential there that something else will happen with them down the line. Like, it was a good match and there's more to tell in that story. Oh, it's going to Mitch off with The Fiend now, isn't he? After that whole... Yeah. Where... 
instead of the fiend being like a mysterious thing, he just stands behind you and screams now, which is, was just, it's the equivalent of me waiting at the bottom like of the stairs for my wife to walk down. Oh, that was poor as well. Someone's getting fired for that. But I will say that the Alexa Bliss match was genuinely pretty good for a short match, and she's, at least she's back wrestling now. I love that. I mean, it wasn't a match, but the storytelling no, was but the storytelling was good, and I'm, I've got a feeling Nikki Cross might switch as well and get like a weird little gang of them going. Good. I, I, I did love the sister Abigail. The tease into it, like pretending oh, yeah, she yeah, was yeah, yeah. old Nikki. It was, yeah, it was, it was good. And I also love the fun house with the, the friendship. What was it? Friendship to tortoise Fr- or something frog, like that, wasn't it? Frank the yeah. Friendship Frog or something? Yeah, it was It was good. Like I said, it was good Raw, Raw had its moments this week. It was okay. On um, what, just because it, it leads on a bit quite nicely, you were saying about KO and his little things. Have you watched the KO show on NXT? Because that Not is, yet. oh my yeah. God, it's I've, hilarious. I've, se- I've seen a few clips from it, like the bit where they're waiting for Regal to come out after he said, oh, what if we had our own Teddy Long kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, that, yeah, he, really, Adam. He keeps predicting the tropes. Well, no, and then, like, oh, anytime someone says another wrestler's name, they will come out, their music will play, and they'll come out. And he goes, three, two, one. And then, like, a second, like, oh, I was slightly off with that one then. But it's also him throwing that office chair out with the ring and it just yeah. breaking. I was like, it's like a 70 quid chair. I know. I loved it when the, I think it was Gargano came down and he gave him a chair and Gargano threw it out as he said. But then he got another chair in. Gargano was like, "I don't want the chair." And he's like, uh, "Not for you. I've just got a feeling I might need it because he you know, knows Damien Priest will be coming down." Then he doesn't want the chair. He's like, "I don't know why I bother with these chairs." He, just, he, resigned, he was just sat there, resigned to the fact that it's out of his control now. It was. Good. There, there was a point when I was watching it, and he was being nice to Leon Ruff. I thought, "Is he going to powerbomb Leon Ruff on the apron?" Because we've still not had his turn as a result of him being touched by the fiend. No. No, they hinted at it, didn't they? After the is it the uh, the first week on SmackDown where he had that sit down with Brian, they kind of hinted that a turn might come, but yeah, it's never happened, does it? Will come. I hope it does come. And it's yeah. got to be with Sammy. It's got to be alongside Sammy because those two are just golden together. Got that wrong in Survivor the... Series, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I did like Sammy doing the vertical thing after the whole vertical yeah. angle they had last year. At least he's throwing back to it. Yeah, they they, they were them shows. They were good. And got on here the, the Rock's big balloon. Like, was, oh. who, who wants to explain this? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 sorry. The Rock has, I believe it's in production now, or it's, it's finished. At the Macy's Day parade yesterday, there was a huge young Rock balloon of him with the turtleneck and the bum bag. That, that, that really famous picture of him. Uh, and they really, there's, there's going to be a, like a young Sheldon, but I'm guessing funny. And it's the story of The Rock as a child. But apparently the Iron Sheik is playing his dad. <laughs> Uh, and if you don't follow the Iron Sheik on Twitter, do because he's hilarious. He's just, he is. He just swears. Iron Sheik's probably the best wrestling Twitter there is. He just swears and hates Hulk Hogan, which yeah. I'm all for. And it was just like I, at first I thought, is this CG? Because it looks very. But no, apparently they, they they spent the money to make this huge balloon of the Rock to promote this this series. Which I'll give it a watch. It can't be worse than yeah. Young Sheldon. That was oh, all yeah, it was. I was just like, oh. Big balloon. <laughs> Moving off on the rocks balloon. Oh, you can follow that. Last show of the week, really. Um, AEW. I mean, I've got here because I know it's it's not normally something we make a prediction on on a normal show, but for our league table, I think later on we should do an Omega Mox prediction because that is a big, oh, yeah. Yeah. big ass match. Well, I've got. And that there's, a, my, there's a lot you could say. Yeah, I've, I've seen that, yeah. so we'll we'll come to that. But the show in general, what did Butcher? What did you make of the show in general? I thought it was a great show from start to finish. There's so much 
good storytelling in it. It was brilliant. I really enjoyed the opener and then that, the stuff afterwards with them trying to sell the idea of Vint Page joining the Dark Order, which goes into my story of him going deeper and deeper. I think I think it would be a good idea to have him join, particularly whilst Brody's injured. Yeah, I think you could have Brody come back and like, like, why is this guy giant? Why is this guy here? And then. You could have a fantastic rivalry between them two for a while. Also, and John Silver proving to be money week on week. He's fantastic. I don't think anyone has ex- ever expected him to be the, the world champion, but he's um, found his little niche corner of the show, hasn't he? And he's yeah. making the most of every second he's being given. He's been fantastic in, in recent months. The Anna Jay match, where he was just stood on the ramp yelling and clapping, and you know, it, it, mm. it makes it. To be fair, the Anna Jay uh, Shida match was genuinely pretty good as well. Anna Jay's impresses all the time. She's considering she's wrestled so little she's she's very good and then also um, we have the return of abaddon which i'm 100 percent for because mm. i like gimmicky stuff like that and also she's genuinely terrifying so <laughs> the, the picture you sent of she's posing and she's like in a little tiny crack well apparently you know the uh the heels thing the women's only yeah she appears on that quite a lot but she's always like behind a veil or in like a red room so like she just lives it constantly i think that's just it's not that much of a stretch from her actual personality which is the best kind of wrestling gimmick is the thing where it's just you but, but ramped yeah. up to the extreme but I think we're going to get she's going to go through she, she's going to go through Abaddon and then she's going to go for Britt Baker it's gonna be, yeah it's going to be eventual end games Britt Baker isn't it yeah, yeah. Which is fine. No yeah, problem with well that. Well deserved. Taz and Cody's section. I mm. That was really, oh, yeah. really well done all round. It was that really good fine line of blurring reality with kayfabe, and it, you're never, you're not being sure because they cut off one mic, and you're going, "All right, fair enough." Then they cut off the ring announcer's mic as well, and then Cody's got his headset on, and I'm like, "Oh, is, is this?" You know, is that is is this real? Is he that angry mm. that he's coming out and yelling? And then the Taz mission. The Taz mission was fantastic. Uh, the, the the thirteen year old boy inside me just got so happy. Like that, like when you're dicking about in the playground. That was my <laughs> go to. That was my finisher. <laughs> like, well, I, I'm the pedigree. <laughs> I, was, I, I was small, so I related with Taz a lot. Like, yeah, he's small, but he's also wide. He's oh, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just that, that nice blurring of reality and fiction. And also the, we found out that Taz's son is called Hook. Yeah. Because of, I mean, of course he is. Yeah. yeah. Could you pick a more perfect name for him? But it was good. We've now got Powerhouse Hobbs as well. He's dropped the will and he's now gone for Powerhouse. I'm not 100% on board with it. Yeah, either. I'm not 100%. I, I, I'm on board with the, like, the, the attire change was cool. The, the attitude is cool. The name, not so much. No. Not loving it. But it's fine. He's come out. He, he didn't have his chair with him. He's managed to demagnetize his hands this week. Uh, <laughs> at great personal expense. And then the, well, it's not Death Triangle, but two sides of the Death Triangle against Butcher and Blade. Eddie Kingston, money on the mic as always. Commenting. Always. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah, my boy's got the win. Yep. We all know I love me, me some Butcher and a Blade. It's also setting up a, a nice, good, long rivalry there, I think. Yeah, there's so many people involved. You've got countless like connotations of matches you can have before you get to whatever the, I'm assuming the end game is Pack versus Kingston. Yeah. You've got loads of matches in between that you can hold off that main one. Oh, also, um, Jericho Hager. Again, it's the classic thing when they were doing the interview when um, MJF got sucker punched. I'm just staring at each other. It's just about the world, though. And Hager in the background just glaring constantly. <laughs> and it's like, is it hatred or is it secret love? Both. To be fair, it's been a good a good week for wrestling this week. Yeah, it's been enjoyable. I'd, I'd also like to throw out an appreciation to AEW as well on something that I think goes under the radar. 
you know, you were saying before about how oh, the Survivor Series, oh, you've got a title shot match thing. And it's it's kind of felt like added on, not planned. I appreciate the fact that every week they go, next week on Dynamite, you'll have A, B, C, D, E. And they've already got four or five matches lined up as if they know where they're going with this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's uh, it's nice. It gives you that hook and it doesn't mean you get the, the opening promos to set up a match because it's already been set up the week before. Yeah. They've um, only got two hours. They've yeah, not, they've not got five hours a week to fill. You know what I mean? That's the thing. You know, Although like, on, on the like, I don't watch every show every week of like WWE, but I read the write-ups like on Bleacher Report mainly. And the difference between WWE write-ups and AEW write-ups, the AEW ones start with this is the match card for the night because the writer knows what it is beforehand. They planned it out. Yeah. Whereas they're coming into the WWE shows with not a clue what's what they're going to be going to have. All the men's matches on Raw were put together that night, weren't they, I think? Were they? Yeah, they were. Because they announced you can get a title shot, yeah. which I appreciated, but... It's just, I don't know, it shows, it shows the plan in the head. It shows they've got stories in mind. I just appreciated it. I thought it was... It's No, it is. It's good. Out. Highlight of the week now. So we'll, uh, we've all got three different ones. Start with Butcher. Go over to yourself. It nearly changed several times today after watching Dynamite because there were so many great things in it. But I'm going to stick with my New Japan match, which could become a bit of a pattern over the next few weeks, I think, whilst the best of the Super Juniors is on. I've gone for this week, Hiromu Takahashi versus Duki, just because it caught me off guard, really. <laughs> like Duki is, I don't know if you know much about him, He's not not really held in high regard. He's not been there long and he's basically a jobber. But he's like this crazy guy who comes out, he's got one eye makeup and he's, when he's coming out, he's just smashing like an iron bar against the railings. And yeah, he's, he's a weird-ass jobber. Um, and there's not much, like, he never wins. In the tournament so far, he's not got any points. And then just out of the blue, he has probably one of the best matches of the entire tournament with Takahashi. And at first I thought, oh, is this just like, like Takahashi's amazing. He's he's fantastic. He's he's my favourite wrestler in New Japan. So I thought, oh, is it him just elevating him? But then I, I, I started thinking back about the other matches I'd watched Duke in, in the tournament. And I, actually he was... He's had like really impressive matches. So it, it, it's nice. And it got me thinking that like one positive of the whole pandemic thing is there's been wrestlers like him who've had op- opportunities to shine that they might not have had because that tournament in a normal year would have been filled with Americans and British wrestlers as well. And he'd have been nowhere near it. Whereas now he's having this opportunity to go out there and have 20 odd minute matches every every other night. And it, it's happened in other companies as well. Like we were saying with Anna Jay earlier in AEW, if it wasn't for the pandemic, if Riho and the other like Japanese girls were still there, would she be getting those chances? Penelope Ford with the same with her. So it's, it's a little positive. It is. It's, but, um, it's one of those things that I think it has, I mean, especially with stuff like AEW Dark and stuff as well, it has brought people to the fore who you probably would never have got to see before. I mean, Top Flight are now apparently signed with um, AEW as well. Would they have got that if it wasn't for the pandemic? Would they have had to do a couple more years on the indies before they got a chance? Yeah. Would Kingston have got signed? Or would he have? Because apparently he was right for packing it in before all this yeah, hit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been great for so, people getting chances that we, maybe wouldn't have done. We may have lost crowds, but I think we've gained some mm. good wrestlers who would have slipped under the radar or we wouldn't have found out about until many years down the line. One other thing with the Dookie-Hiromi uh, match as well is he, did, he pulled out a move I've never seen before and it looked horrific like so do you know the um, gory special submission where they have them on the back and the legs wrapped around to the front and they're pulling their arms around yeah he did that but instead of just doing it as a submission he pulled his head down into like a sort of sister abigail position and then just dropped and 
just kind of crumpled in like an accordion. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked horrific. That sounds, yeah, that was grossly painful. <laughs> I, I'll have to try and uh, cut a clip together and send it to you because it, it was, yeah, I've never seen it before. I, I don't know whether it isn't like a new new thing or not, but yeah, it's a fantastic looking move. Um, and he actually nearly got the win off it. And yeah, anyway, it's just, it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it to be such a good match. And I like it when I'm caught off guard with a match. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's one of the best things about wrestling, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd ex- expect over the next few weeks, uh, the rest of the Super Juniors might be my highlight of the week, most weeks. <laughs> with that. Well, with that. I'll go next because off the back of yours, Joe, we'll, we'll do a prediction before we move on to the oh, hot yeah. topic. So, I, I, as I said, I did have Drew Roman, but as I said, Survivor Series is pretty inconsequential. And I watched NXT and I love Pete Dunn. I love the fact Kyle O'Reilly is getting a singles push and put them two together and throw it into a ladder match and you're on for gold and i thought it, i don't know if you've watched the match it was it was superb and it was different like you, you see so many ladder matches and they, they do the same tropes and obviously they, they do certain things that all ladder matches must have but they were doing submissions using the ladders and it was brutal and they did some of the most brutal push off the ladders that i've like uncomfortably so like done just turn around and just absolutely toss the ladder with kyle o'reilly on it who spun with the ladder and i was like oh my god is that where he went through the ropes and it looked like he caught his head and i was like oh that's it he's dead oh that was another one right. he landed in the ring a, on this lot. one but yeah he landed on the ring on this one but with the ladder landing with him and his arm in the ladder rung and then yeah then there was that one uh outside and it was just it was brutal it continued this singles push of kyle o'reilly which i'm all here for and i think butcher you are even more of all here for oh, yeah. you followed him for a long yeah, time yeah i think anyone who knows him before he came to nxt particularly if you watched him in ring of honor and pwg know that he is one of the most natural like underdog baby faces he's fantastic in that role and it's like now they're letting him go a little bit in the singles world he'll he'll shoot up they've been clever i think since undisputed era have started showing more baby face tendencies to focus a bit more on him than adam cole because adam cole's such like a natural sleazy <laughs> bad guy <laughs> he's not as easy to like like as a, an actual likable person as kyle o'reilly is so yeah I, I'd, I'd love him to have a good run as a singles guy managed to sit all the way through nxt this week and it was i genuinely enjoyed it from start to finish as well it was a good um, show, yeah. i'm liking where they're going with the women's war games thing i like where it's all going and it's, it is was it two weeks till war games uh, a week on sunday so so, so ne- next week we'll be doing next predictions, week's predictions right? right because i'm liking where that's going to be honest more so than the men's yeah, the, 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 that's the one downside to that, that ladder match, the hokey finish on it, but it, it protected Kyle O'Reilly, I suppose, and, yeah. and give some intrigue as to who it was, but, you know, but yeah, I would I would well, say he, go and check out that, that did, ladder match. He did throw up, quite short as well. He did throw up the, uh, the hand signals, though. I don't know whether that was out of mocking or whether it's, I don't know. Um, they were all watching, though, so it can't be. Anything. I know, I'm yeah. assuming it was mocking, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it was no, no. It was a it was a good match. I like watching matches that you've seen a lot of that stipulation, and they do something different with that stipulation and creative. And I'm a massive Pete Dunne fan as well. And oh yeah, I, I love I love seeing I love seeing them. It's disturbing how good a shape he is in since he came back. Oh my god! As well, it looks like an absolute machine, doesn't it? I, I'm hoping it's all leading to Pete Dunne versus Finn Balor. To be honest, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd not like complain. Well. No. 
That would, be, that would be something. Yeah, so that's my match of the week. So we'll, we'll go into your, not necessarily a match of the week, but a segment of the week, Joe, and then we'll do something off the back of it. Off you go. It was the whole Omega Moxley contract signing slash Omega's promo bit where he just said that like it was proper, just dirty heel work of my dad could beat up your dad. I think he says <laughs> yeah. at one point, and not in so many words, but he walked off and came back and said it, and it was like just really twists that knife a little bit in there. But it was there was a lot of great stuff in there from the corridor with the screen. Yeah, the, yeah, that that fight scene behind behind the curtain was fantastically shot. Yeah. It was it was just the fact that Omega appears as the neck stretch thing, and then mm. just lays into him, and it, it yeah. I assumed it calls back to when Moxley first appeared behind Omega and he doesn't realise he's there. It's just nice little bits like that because like I said, he, he comes in he paradigm shifts him onto the belt which is better than when he went through that table because they both look like they came out worse going through that glass table in the first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then just, yeah, Moxley's whole ranting and raving and it was, if you, if you come for the king you better not miss and I think they're really heavily leaning into this Game of Thrones thing which is about two years too late because no one remembers Game of Thrones because of the ending. Everyone's blocked it out of their memories. Collectively, <laughs> yeah, seriously. But it was just, we're going to get Omega as champion. That's my prediction. And he's going to be, I think he's going to be like the full sort of thing. I think he's going to be more connivingly sort of underhandy cheating sort of thing. Not just being like the best bout machine, but like just the best professional wrestler, if you know what I mean. Like he will do stuff behind the referee's back and that sort of stuff to get a win because Moxley is this 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 undefeatable powerhouse of a warrior and he's going to lose through underhanded methods is my prediction I, I like this mountain quote that he said at the end you're trying to climb a mountain that no one's climbed in 18 months because as, as we discussed and my Ellis's question the other week no one has beat him and only Pac has took him to the limit really so you're so we're going to do predictions off this so you're going Omega clean clean win no it's going to go to a rematch he's going to he's going to lose again Moxley but Omega's going to win his time is now plus yeah. I'm guessing Moxley I don't know because he's a while off yet isn't he? he's going to want to spend a bit of time at home from up soon. My head and my heart telling me it's Omega's time to shine and we're going to get this sleazy dirtbag sort of Omega who's then probably going to turn against the Young Bucks as well. Then it's all, all, The Elite will then, in like two years or so, reform and it'll all be cool. But again, long-term storytelling. What are your thoughts and predictions for next week? See, I was certain Omega was going to win and then I read something suggesting Omega was wrestling injured at the moment and it threw I can't even remember where I read it. His shoulders taped up quite a lot. And it, it just threw it into a bit of doubt for me. But they might have done that on purpose. Put a little story out to as a red herring. I think I'll still go for Omega as a win. There's lots of things I could think where it could be a dirty finish. Like, uh, Ooh. I, I kind of feel like Hangman might have been the person who attacked Mox. And he'll get involved in some way. That's what I was going to try say. And, yeah, try and get back in the good books of the Elite. Because you have a theory about who the attacker is. Well, someone you know has a theory about who the attacker is. But that's yeah, just, that's just very much wishful thinking, it's... isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want the attacker to be Kenta. And then we finally get the New Japan, um, the link. But no, I think it's going to be a clean finish myself. Okay. I, I think I think Omega will win clean and then be a dickhead. Then, then the cheating... Uh, I mean, is that not his heel persona though that he's just better than you he's he's just he can just he can beat you clean and he's just he knows it I mean he he did lean into that with the sunny kiss thing didn't he where it was yeah. just it was, a, it was a 15 second if that and then it was just like yeah you tried kid well done yeah. myself personally I think you're going to have him cheat a lot more 
rather than rather than win clean. He's gonna because I can beat you clean. I'm gonna try and get away with dirty stuff. Again, hey, you might say it's a similar character to FTR, which leans into my theory of him being like the fourth Tully guy. You're still hanging <laughs> on to that, are you? With the... He's just going with that one. Clutching, clutching. <laughs> We have to put we have to put a statute of limitations on these predictions at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Three I'll years down the line. It briefly every week. <laughs> I'm sure eventually. I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think I think Omega will win. I think they've made quite a big deal of this match. That I don't know. I, don't, I think if Omega loses, then he really doesn't have any claim to to go for it. You know, he could be cost the match by Adam Page, but they've had just had that match between them two, so it doesn't make sense to go back to it. So yeah, for me, it makes sense that Omega will win. And I hope, like you said, I, I hope it is clean, and then he is a dick. Because I I remember reading something from a, a writer I used to like until I found out what he was like but um, he said that Daniel Bryan again I, I never watched this but when Daniel Bryan was the American Dragon and he, and he was a heel but he wasn't a heel who, who necessarily cheated he was a heel who was like I'm better than you yeah. I'm a better wrestler than you yeah. I can beat you I can beat you with this small package finisher that I've got I can beat you with a submission yeah. And he didn't need to cheat. And I hate it when they go heel. And then all they ever, ever do is cheat when you know how good a wrestler that person is. And I'm hoping that's the route he goes down. And he does, as you say, Joe, he does take shortcuts at time to time. Yeah. But he also out-wrestles people at the same time and squashes people like he did with Sonny Kiss and shows that he is the best bout machine, but only when he wants to be. That's it. I think that's one thing AEW do do well is... I said do do there, sorry. Um, <laughs> the champions, they keep the champions strong. They have them win. They have them win clean from time to time. They don't just lose meaningless matches for on random episodes of Dynamite. Matches aren't set up by beating the champion. You got to earn it. I mean, yeah. as, as I think as we said on the um, one year of Dynamite thing, it's that they do have that league table, which sort of does have some sort of semblance when they want it to. Yeah. When they need it to, because yeah. you know, Abaddon's out here challenging for the women's style, and she's never even wrestled on Dynamite. I don't think, has she? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe once or twice. <laughs> yeah, but she's good. She's a bit green still, but yeah, the rankings are there, but they're confusing. Yeah, well, Anna Jay was, I think, fifth. Is she? She gets title shot. Yeah, fifth. It's yeah. it is one of them. If they need it for a plot device, you have it there. It's just an extra yeah. bit of stuff, and at least it makes sense rather than you have to beat me to get a title shot. Because well, I've just beat you. Mm. Hello, title's mine now, please. That's how it works. Yeah. Classic match time now, and this feeds into our hot topic of biggest pops and our most memorable pops. And Butcher, you put this match forth when I said, well, we need a match that had a big pop. And I think you chose a match that I would class a pop as like an instant thing that happens. And, you know, in that moment, this lasts for about 45 minutes, this pop. So what, what yeah. did you what did you choose for us to watch this time? Uh, it's the uh, Money in the Bank 2011 CM Punk versus John Cena, because let's be honest, it's probably if not the it's definitely top five hottest crowds there's ever been yeah. like it's it's insane the knowledge that like because it does have that pop moment where so Cena's come out hasn't he to a and, dead audience yeah it and it's just there's booing and yeah it's there's nothing and then punk's music hit those, those first that first note of uh kill switch and the crowd just erupts, yeah. doesn't it? it? It's insane. You've so never heard anything so like loud. it. Uh, Punk, yeah. Punk comes out first. Oh, he does actually. He, he comes he? out yeah. first. The crowd is chanting for he it. And then the booing. So long. And then yeah. Cena's music hits, and it just you could hear a pin drop. And yeah. it just, it, there's no posing. It just walks to the ring. It's like, I'm so angry that this is happening. But yeah. like, Punk's in his hometown. It's his last night, isn't it? Under contract, yeah. allegedly. You know. But that just that noise. I mean, uh, my boss at work came over and asked me, when you said, 
said pop, do you mean one time sort of someone appears or do you mean like sustained? I was like, either, either work. And he suggested this <laughs> to me as well. And I was like, because it is one of those, it's just loud constantly all the way yeah, through. It's... I think, I don't know whether or not, but do you know, it's like halfway through, someone starts going, come on, Cena. And I'm like, that's piped in because no one in that auditorium <laughs> Is, is, is chanting that. Except because... that one guy that they keep cutting to that's in the Cena t-shirt oh, with a shirt on. He's booing him up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that takes some stones, because everyone else in there is... It's, yeah, it's just brilliant. The, the, the entrance, it's got to be one of the most memorable entrances ever, hasn't it? Like, that bit where I think you've put images of it, where he's sat and cross-legged in the centre of the ring, and then he gets up, because it started dying a bit, and he gets up, he starts waving his arms around, and the crowd just going nuts again. Like, they're, they're so into it. It's fantastic. And he is a heel, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's completely. So he, yeah, he, is, yeah. he is a heel at the time. Oh, the, I think the... one of the things I like about it is, he, you get heels who suddenly hate where they're from and he, he doesn't do that he does the whole of when he did the pipe bomb which is part of what led into this match and he does the you bought into that you contribute to this but he plays up to the fact that he's in his hometown that he loves Chicago oh, yeah. and he, second city that. saint isn't it and he, he always wore the he basically wears the flag on his trunks doesn't he it's every, everything about him was is, is built around he loves he loves Chicago doesn't he see him everyone likes to think it Main Chicago made, but I don't think it does, does it? I think it's meant to be chick magnet, really, isn't it? Pepsi Man. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're, they're insane for him. Like, even when they go back to Chicago now, you still get the odd punk chant, don't you? It's, well, yeah. I've been doing a bit of research on this. There are certain cities that just have really hot crowds, like Montreal yeah. is another one. Particularly in uh, northeastern New like cities, uh, so, Philadelphia's one. Yeah, it's just those sort of things of like, if you're from there, you're guaranteed face heel, it doesn't matter. They're going to go mental for you. Yeah, it, it, they're similar crowds to the Raw After Mania crowds, aren't they? It's, yeah. So the, the, the British crowds have a similar reputation, don't they? We don't get enough of it. No, about the Americans. So that when we watched Brian and McGuinness match, didn't we? Yeah, and we looked that back. I mean, on the crowds, I mean, I was talking to someone uh, that I used to go to school with, Matt Dawson, on the socials, and it was funny, he gave me his favourite pop, which I'll come to later, and then literally at the same time, we were talking about crowds nowadays, and as I was saying, this is the match we're watching this week, and then put that picture of Punk sat in the middle, he was typing, the last champion I was like, really, really emotionally invested in was Punk. And like we sent it at the same time. And he said a, a, quite an interesting quote to me. He said, you know, late 90s, early noughties crowds were completely different. And he thinks the, the wrestling quality is better now than it ever has been. But when he thinks of the attitude area, it's not the wrestling. It, it's the tribalness of the crowd. And that's what's different. And, and you don't get that. The moments, yeah. And yeah. The, we mentioned the flashbulbs and all that. That happens. But that tribalness, and that's what led to that conversation with him where I said, well, funnily enough, we're doing a, a match where, for me, it's the last tribalness I've seen, at least in a WWE crowd. Because that was, as you said, Cena didn't acknowledge, he didn't do his salute. It was visceral. The reaction yeah. to him was visceral and continuously visceral throughout the match. There, oh, yeah. There is the piped in, I'm sure it must be piped in chant. Oh, that, yeah, it's very right, Cena had his supporters everywhere, didn't he? But you're a brave quick, man to start a Cena chant that night. Very yeah. quickly drowned out, and it's every time he gets a pin in, as soon as like um, Punk gets his gets his shoulder up, the place just goes off again, and it's just yeah. it's just constant. Like when he gets yeah. the first um, 
go to sleep in and he sort of misses it and it goes for the ribs and it, but as soon as he gets him up there they're all on the feet and it, again like I said it is that last sort of thing of everyone in the room willing something to happen and it's an incredibly powerfully weird thing because I've, I've, I mean, I've I didn't see I, I'm time. getting singles thinking about it now like I, it's, I didn't it's see a this at the time because um, this is when I was somewhere else and going back and watching it now it is that thing of oh, there's so much stuff that I have to go back and watch now I think I it, missed it was one of the matches I told you yeah. I have to watch go back this and, match now. Go back and watch a lot of punk because the whole sort of summer of punk thing skipped me by. Yeah, I see, I that was it was just as it all started. In fact, it was the, the it was the pipe bomb that got me back into wrestling because a friend of mine who it never left it. He said there's this guy's. I think I've mentioned this before. CM yeah. Punk, he's fantastic. Go and watch this promo, and it, it was like the week after the promo, I think. And I went and watched it, and I was I was back in there because it, it was fantastic. Like the build to that match was it was brilliant. I don't I don't I can't, it just you mentioned it earlier like the blurring between reality and a storyline. There's very few examples that have been done as well as that one yeah it's it was phenomenal the story absolutely brilliant well, and then they... just say like to actually if if it is true that he didn't like he did have to he had to extend his contract for a day didn't he or something is the story to to actually do the match and if if that's true to actually put the title on him and have confidence that he was coming back <laughs> like that's <laughs> it, that's insane well, in the done. image of him kissing blowing the kiss to vince and then in the crowd yeah, it's, it's like absconding through the that's, crowd yeah well it's, 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 it's i forgot the first time i watched it i felt that vince comes out doesn't he with yeah John Rio, yeah no he comes oh, out with uh, John Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis, yeah. He's Laurinaitis because he's, he's like, he's like go and get him to ring the bell and then Cena. Montreal screw job it. Well, I think they're playing on that. But Cena's like, knocks him down. He's like, no, we win this cleanly or we don't win it at all. He says a man is going to win this match tonight. I, I, quote well, he says. I, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that because I was too busy laughing. Um, but yeah, and then they send they sell uh, they send um, Del Rio, yeah, Del yep. Rio, yeah. who fought, kicked in the face, yeah, falls over, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does nothing. Uh, the crowd go mental. It is, but it yeah, is one of them. It's like for Vince, it must have been one of them. There was not a spare seat in that entire building. I'm guessing that night. No, no. it was. And what's great about it as well is like sometimes you can get yourself excited for a match, and everyone gets excited for a match, and then it's nowhere near as good as it. You like, built it up to be hoping it was going to be. Yeah, but this is it's such a good match. It is a good match. Like, <laughs> it's incredible. They go, forty minutes. They go about forty, 40 minutes. minutes yeah. How often do you get that in WWE? Just a straight one on one, forty-four minute. 40 minutes but it flies, flies by that's the thing it really yeah. does and it is very back and forth and no one really gets the upper hand and each of them try and get finishes in and they can't lock it in and then there's some submission stuff and it is just good professional wrestling so, yeah, I read a thing and I think it was a Bleacher Report article I agree I'll, I'll be honest it's probably one of my favourite wrestling matches I've, I've seen and I... th- this article says it's the best and they say about how they they taught they they basically wrestled the match in three parts where the first part is a lot of holds and mat stuff but they're teaching the crowd basically taking the crowd reactions and playing into it because every time punk gets a hold in they go mental and cena does that they, 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 they boo and then the second part is a bit more of teaching you when to cheer and when to get hot which then leads into the finish and i was like yeah and then 40 minutes i mean you you just don't see that in WWE yeah. that often. But um, for two guys who, like, their public image is so polar opposite of each other, they have unreal chemistry. Like, I don't remember them having a bad match because they, they had another great, like, classic match on, um, was it the thousandth fifth episode of Raw, mm. I think? I remember you saying this to me before. Brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant match where they pull out a naughty pile driver as well, Ooh, um, which they both got in trouble for, apparently, after it wasn't... <laughs> 
it wasn't planned but it, that match is well worth going they, they have such good chemistry together it's it's probably it's up there in the match top five matches I've watched most yeah. probably second the, the only one I've ever probably watched more is TLC 2 yeah that's going to be a problem when we come to TLC isn't it next month yeah. <laughs> which one do we pick one of them yeah. I think well, um, a special sub bonus episode of just TLC yeah. matches I mean, what you say then about the chemistry I think you know we always talk about Punk on this and I'm not necessarily John Cena's biggest fan but I think he deserves a lot of credit he for does. his parts in it because he, he, he wrestles like a lot of people say he can't wrestle and stuff no he but puts he puts the chops in there yeah there's a whole sequence which for me it's just magic so Punk's in an STU which he's got into because he tried to do a GTS on Cena and he was doing the GTS because Cena was trying to do an AA on him which came from Punk trying to do a crossbody off the rope on him so you had this series of reversals and the crowd are going mental because Punk's doing the whole I'm going to tap out and the crowd are literally shouting no 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 and then he puts uh, Cena into an anaconda vice and the crowd just going wild at that bit and then Cena picks him up and AAs him and and Punk kicks out and like that whole sequence it's seamless the transitions of it are seamless yeah, and really Cena deserves good. credit on that there's a lot of sort of submission reversals in that yeah which, I love that stuff I mean I'm not like I said I'm not a massive Cena fan because he always felt just like a big sort of jerky action man boy and couldn't really you know it's the same five moves over and over again but with this it's like someone I think it's just I think it's complacency I think it's because he never had to where if someone goes out and says right we're going to go out and we're going to sell this he's like oh yeah. shit no one's ever done this to me before right let's yeah. go for it what do you want to do because he kind of yeah yeah the great matches of aj styles when he first came in yeah he's not your daniel bryan sort of technically fantastic like pulling a nose every single move in the book but the story elements of wrestling there's not many better at that side of things than john cena he's fantastic like like you say if if someone comes to him wanting to put on the best match you could possibly put on he steps up yeah. look at uh, when kevin owens debuted on the main roster yeah. That. like that series of matches they had were f- fantastic like and they did a fit right into any indie wrestling hall they were that style he could he could adjust just his style like, I'm, I'm not so new he's down on Cena. i think people are harsh on him in my opinion <laughs> like, yeah, yeah like, like i say he's no daniel bryan he's he's not gonna pull out thousand holds like jericho knows but he's, he's good he, he knows what he's doing he knew his audience he's solid and you talk about long-term storytelling i think one of the promos leading into this match i think it was a final promo punk compared him to the new york yankees and one of my moments of the year this year was the firefly funhouse match between cena and wyatt at wrestlemania and he comes out at one point dressed in a new york yankees top which is a a reference back to this match and the cm punk promo on him so he even he could jibe back at that which shows he values that match. they tweeted each other i don't know if it was this year or a few years ago would they basically praise each other and that they praise each other for this match and what a what a moment it was for both of them and like the two of them on twitter were like complimenting each other it was a nice little moment this is that thing we've always said though is you can lose a match and still come out strong and both of them come out a hundred percent more than they went in sometimes lightning hits yeah and you get was it the last was it last time wwe got a melts of five star was it i I, I might be wrong but i I seem to think it was yeah yeah. i might be wrong don't quote quote me on well i've I've said it on a podcast now you've got to quote me on it but (laughs) if you if you find out we're going to edit this out for the morning (laughs) 
You, yeah. you, you retain your street card. Leave it. I'm, I'm fine being wrong. Uh, I do it all the time. Don't worry about it. Two last quick comments on it. Uh, one of the things that did annoy me on it was the commentators because they were trying to explain the crowd away. Michael yes. Cole, Christ Almighty! At one point, he actually says the line, "Punk has brainwashed the crowd," and I was like, "No, he's not. He's like, brainwashed it, himself." He also yeah. says, and I'm like, "What? Jim, That's not what." I know. I mean, Lawler at least gets it. He's like, "I've never seen a crowd this react." He's not trying to play it down. He's playing it for what it is. And Cole is tr- trying to do everything to make it like, "Oh no, he's the heel. He's brainwashing these people. They don't know what they're doing." I was like, "Shut up! Yeah, just, like, just embrace it, Cole." At the end of the day, they call themselves sports entertainment. People support their local sports team, so why wouldn't they support Great CM Punk? <laughs> people like anti-authority sort of stuff as well it's he, he, he's batman he's batman and cena is superman yeah, yeah. That's what it comes down to the last thing i'll say about it is just uh fits into a topic the finishers topic and i didn't realize in my head this had a lot of finisher kick out 40 minute match and that three correct c- correct correct me if i'm wrong there's no kick out of the gts he does a gts and he goes through he goes the road out of it, yeah. he doesn't get all of it though he, he sort of misjudges yeah. and hits him in the ribs and yeah but he never does the, yeah then there's no pin no there is kick outs of the aa a few of them two of them but the gt like yeah the gts when that's hit it's over that's game yeah and i appreciated that just going back to what we did the other week if so you've yeah, got the I mean, avalanche attitude adjustment off that turnbuckle then it might yeah. have been a different story i mean it's a fireman's carry at the end of the day isn't it's it? not it's not, it's not exactly not a, the best finisher of all it's time not a, it's not a powerful <laughs> maneuver no so yeah if you've if you've never watched that match just just watch it it's money it's... in the bank 2011 the one. my only thing that makes it slightly bad is that it's not cult of personality yeah. you know i love you, you, you i'm a massive i'm a massive kill switch fan I, I, so i love that it's fine we'll, we'll agree to differ but you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> but no it's just the whole thing from start to finish is just noise a wall of noise and it's great it's the best sustained pop yeah I think probably ever. That's what we're calling it. It's a separate subcategory of sustained pop. We're going to have to split this recording into two, I think, because we've uh, we've looked on this match quite a lot. So we're going to end this part here and we're going to look at the hot topic of biggest pops on part two because we think there's a lot to talk about there. And you don't necessarily want to hear us talk for two hours. No, so. it's best to split it out over, you know, two days. You get twice as much fun out of it, don't you? So we'll drop the second part on Monday. It'll be a bonus episode. It'll I mean, if you subscribe and stuff, it'll drop straight in the same as normal. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Dan Pints, and Instagram the same. Or you can email gmail.com. Thank you for listening, to, you for listening. Uh, to us thus far. That's, that's two-part episode we've done.